learn how to, I mean, when we were doing school, we call these uh, similes and metaphors, right? Mm -hmm. What is that like? What is it an example of? Mm -hmm. So find another way to express it. If you find yourself talking about something and that person on the receiving end is like, I still don't get it. I still don't get it. You know, you, you can find another way to say it. Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Sidrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone, sometimes I'm dining with friends. And sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. Monique Russell is the global communications expert you want on your team. She teaches women leaders and teams how to have positive and productive relationships at home and work using effective communications tools and strategies. Passionate about serving Black and women employee resource groups, organizations like Amazon, Microsoft, Google, the Centers for Disease Control, Verizon, Intel, Equifax, and the world's busiest airport, Atlanta Hartsfield Jackson International, trust Monique to guide them in implementing communication strategies that foster connection, community, creativity, and courage. You can too. Monique has 20 years of experience in the science of communications and leads Clear Communication Solutions, an international training, coaching, and consulting firm that focuses on confidently communicating from the inside out. She is the author of The Ultimate Speaker's Guide and the book International Motherhood, Who Said It Would Be Easy, and host of the Bridge to You podcast. Welcome back to Diversity Dish. I'm so happy you came back because my guest today is Monique Russell. How are you, Monique? I am doing well, Sidrola. I'm so happy to be on the Diversity Dish today. I'm really excited to have you. I want to ask you my first question before we get into all those things that we're going to talk about today, and that is, what are you passionate about right now, Monique? Right now, I have the serious itch, okay? And that itch is a travel itch. I love to travel. I love to experience new cultures, people, places, foods. I love to eat. Um, And so what I am most passionate about is exposing myself to new places, new cultures, new things, so that I could be more effective when I'm helping my clients break into new markets and have more effective conversations when they're talking with prospects, clients, partners, etc. Love it. So I know that you are a communications expert. So let's pretend that we no one understands what the correlation is between traveling and communication. So please help us with that. Ooh, I already see I'm going to like this conversation. because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be like able to just talk about whatever comes up. So excellent c- question. Communication and travel. There's so many aspects of connection. 
So communication is all about making sure that your message is received as though it was intended. And sometimes it's difficult for people to be able to see different perspectives or, Mm -hmm. you know, different cultures. Another aspect of how travel connects to communication is through our biases and through prejudices Mm -hmm. and through how we think of and see people who are different from us as either superior or inferior um, Mm -hmm. to us. But Mm -hmm. when we go on those excursions and we go on those adventures, we're able to now either confront and validate our perceptions or have those challenged and really force ourselves to step outside of our comfort zone. Now, the beautiful thing about that is when you do that, you're not only enhancing your ability to be more effective when you connect with other people, But if you are a business owner, you are increasing the chance of having sustainability in any type of service or product that you're offering. Because, I mean, we know it's all about customer service. It's all about communication. And we see the breakdown happen so frequently and so often, even with the most highly qualified, highly respected, highly educated (laughs) Um, you know, highly accoladed and made up that word, right? <laughs> yes. We see it, um, but the aspect of communication is one area of skill development that a lot of people struggle with, um, and travel helps us to speed that process up. Yes, absolutely. I just love the way that you just you know broke that down so clearly. Uh, I say all the time, especially in the work that I do as a consultant for equity and inclusion, that travel is one of the things that could really help people to try to be better communicators because you have to try to understand what people are saying and you have to be able to get people to understand what you are saying, especially when you travel to a country where you don't speak the language or you speak very little of the language and they don't speak your language. One of the things that that is so frustrating, you know, when I travel abroad sometimes is that the perception, of course, is that, oh, Americans are rude and brash and they're not going to they're not going to try, which is the perception that we give because sometimes we travel and we expect people to speak our language even in their home. <laughs> Mm -hmm. at their home and my thing is no you need to try to speak their language because just because they're not speaking your language doesn't mean that they're stupid so you need to understand try to communicate and have this understanding of how how do we do this Mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah so i i love that you correlated it there i also love that you brought in business owners one thing that I find that business owners sometimes lack is the ability to communicate outside of their comfort zone. And that can cripple them even at home because the language that they use, right now I'm, I'm doing audits, and the language that they use is sometimes only meant for a small demographic. So then you go, so are you trying to attract more people? I'm like, yeah, we want to attract everybody. But like, yeah, but your language speaks only to a small percentage of the people that you say you want to attract. So 
how do you work with communication like businesses to help them with their communications let's say so when you were talking, there were a couple of examples and I'm smiling because I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'm going to take some granular examples here and just from the basic of net- networking, for example. And what you're talking about is the industry jargon or the company jargon that, you know, they're so familiar with. Now, when you're trying to get into that space, you want to learn some of the jargon that they use so that you don't have to sound as if you are on the outside because it increases rapport, it builds familiarity. But you, as you are networking with others, you want to be able to be able to open up um, that space outside of just your industry. So I love networking. I network with people a lot. And there are many times that I'll connect with business owners and we'll have a conversation and it's so narrowly focused about (laughs) what's going on in their industry, what's happening with that industry, using all the jargon. And my eyes are just glazing over (laughs) in the back of my head, like, oh my God, how much more time do I have here? And you know, (laughs) I don't even, I don't even want to take notes on this conversation because no, (laughs) this is, this is one I don't want to repeat. So, um, you know, so not being aware of how you are using the language to siphon off potential people who want to be partners or referral partners or prospective clients for you is a way that I help business owners to become more aware of that. Understanding the communication styles, learning how to have conversations outside of your primary domain, learning how to be more effective as a listener. You don't have to talk the whole time. Okay. (laughs) Just learning how to put those things in practice first with themselves. You know, for example, I'd say, hey, we're going to have this conversation is we're going to talk for about five minutes and you're going to, there are going to be some things you want to agree with or disagree with, but you cannot say one word. All right. Like, oh my God, it's like a kid who's in a candy store. Who's like, you know, <laughs> you want to burst out, but now you're teaching and you're training yourself. So I'd say that's, that's one way for business owners, just very granular, starting with the networking, starting, because that's really the initial rapport building phase. And if you can't get past that, well, I mean, we can't even talk about what happens when, when, when we're talking about a project delay or right. something else down the road, because we haven't gotten there. So I just mm-hmm. start there first um, before I move into any uh, advanced strategies and things like that. I can only I can only imagine what it looks like when you're saying don't say anything and people are like oh it's tough oh it's tough it's tough it's tough you know but I encourage everyone to who's listening anyway to just you know make that a practice for yourself and then see see what you're learning about yourself in the need that in the need to respond or say something, write it down. Cause you want to get that out. That energy is in there. And then because you want to say something now is creating noise up here and you can't really listen to what's truly being said because you want to say something. And so write it down so you can get that energy out and be more present and focus on what's, what's being said. Yeah. What do you find is the reason that people want to fill the void all the time? Um, you mean of uh, when like when talking? like when people are talking, yes, or 
you know, like we're having a conversation right now and we're using pauses. We're using quiet. We're moving through. We're listening to each other. But I find that sometimes people have a really hard time with that and they're constantly using filler words or running on run on sentences or what what do you find to be the reason that people do that well uh, a couple of things one we're moving so fast and so it's an autopilot auto response thing Mm -hmm. not even really thinking through a slowing down so you know it's just like you get up the alarm goes off get out of bed go to the restroom use it brush your teeth whatever it's almost like uh, we're on autopilot i see that happen a lot mm-hmm. and in a lot of my training workshops i'll have to say look we're gonna have silence for this period of time because <laughs> someone will come off mute and they'll say well i'll just say something so we don't have dead silence but like no 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 i love silence like we're going to sit in silence today. So, <laughs> so, so I have to tell people to not come off mute because we're going to sit here for three minutes and it's hard, you know, it's hard, but I think people just, they're uncomfortable with silence. They, they interpret it as, as something like, Oh, nobody's talking. So they're not listening to me. Yeah. Yeah, Like maybe what I said was, was not something that was good. Oh boy. And then, and then it creates all those loops inside that person's (laughs) head. Even if you're not the presenter, the people Mm -hmm. who are in the virtual room or in the physical room, they're like, okay, silence. Okay. Okay. If you know, their discomfort goes off and they're like, well, I'll give you an example. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yes. Yes. And so funny. I, and I I think what happens in that same vein, I think what it is, is that people are not used to, because we're moving so fast, people are not used to sitting with their own thoughts and sitting in silence by themselves. If they're sitting quietly, chances are they have headphones on. Or they're doing something else that is occupying their brain and they're not used to sitting just with their thoughts. Mm -hmm. So when you ask them to sit with their thoughts, the thoughts come faster because it's like, oh, now all of a sudden you're going to hear everything that you haven't been listening to. And it can become a little overwhelming. It's like, I got to get it out. I got to get it out. Hi, my name is Sedrola Maruska and I'm a leadership coach. I give business leaders the confidence and tools to have conversations about equity and inclusion to improve culture, increase productivity, and decrease attrition. All this I do through my Leader Builder Coaching Program. If you'd like to know more, please go to diversitydish.com. Yeah, then you see all the distractions. So things that you see that, that are distractions, is okay, you see people getting up to go use the bathroom. That's a, that's a distra- distraction. Like you can control your body to sit down for an hour through a presentation and be present. <laughs> you, no, you can't. But yes. you see those, those are distractions or, you know, you got to start pulling something out of your bag. You got to be snacking. Um, all of those are distractions. So if you can't talk, and I, and I mentioned this and I point this out sometimes inside this, the training space, mm-hmm. like, okay, like, Look, look, look who 
who was able to sit and who was not able to sit? And how long were you able to sit before you start pulling out that cell phone, start scrolling, you know, whatever have you. So it is difficult sometimes for people to sit with their thoughts. And, you know, when we can create that space, I say everything is like that the proverb, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. So you start small, start small, start small. If you can't do it for three minutes, do it for a minute. If you can't do it for a minute, do it for half a minute. If you can't do it for half, half a minute, do it for two seconds. You know, <laughs> just, just start, just start small right. to build that practice because sometimes we hear those thoughts. And I am someone that loves introspection. I love to sit in silence. I, I go on retreats. In fact, I'm overdue for a retreat right now because I know that I am overstimulated. I know mm, that. I yeah. know that. And this Mm -hmm. is from someone who has practices in place to help me be present, be focused and whatever have you. So there are things that I I have to do. I have to just make those decisions to shut off all of those distractions and put like mechanisms on my calendar to -hmm. say, hey, this is what you're going to do at this time. And then I have to tell the people who are going to help me honor that because when you are a busy a thought machine. <laughs> yes. To, sometimes it's, it's definitely hard to do that. Yes. I know when, when I was on your podcast, one of the things that I really appreciated was that you were so good at that. You were so good at just allowing the space. I've learned. <laughs> I've learned as I've been doing podcasts that that is really important because because it allows not just your guests to share, but it allows the audience to be engaged with your guests and to actually make space for that guest also. So I think that that, that it's fantastic. I, I'm a big believer in making sure that I put space on my calendar. In the mornings, I get up and I meditate. I write in my journal and I read. I work really hard. Sometimes I fail, but I work really hard to make sure that that's the order that my morning goes in every morning. And what I find is on those days that I'm really good at that, I'm better at allowing for space. I'm better at listening. I'm better at relaxing into the things that I need to do. When I don't do those things in the morning, I find that I'm more anxious. What am I supposed to do? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Everything is just like, come, 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 come. And so I I definitely appreciate everything that you're talking about in terms of, you know, creating, creating, leaving that space, creating that quiet space. Now, why is silence so important in communication? Well, Sometimes you need time to process, you know, yes. you, you, you just need time to process. And for those people who are not thinkers out loud, they especially need that time to process. So mm-hmm. if you are leading someone on your team or you're having team meetings, and I know that everyone is focused on getting as much content crammed into a meeting as possible because so many things need to be covered. I mean, I do this even with the 
the folks that work with me, it's like, yeah, I may have 15 things that I need to cover, but I know that in this window, I am only going to take the top three. And I teach my clients to do the same thing too. I have a client who has patience and, you know, sometimes they come in with all of the things that they want to talk about. And what it does is it, it creates a time management challenge. It creates too much overwhelm and stress works going on, um, going over. So creating that space within the window that you have and being very clear on the intentions, like, all right, we have 20 minutes, we have 40 minutes, we have 30 minutes during this window, which of these topics would you like to focus on first? We probably could get through two, we can't get through four. So having the clear expectation or intention is important because you're giving people a space to be focused. And when they can focus, you have more clarity. When you have more clarity, you have more understanding. And so the chances of you having your messages become uh, receive, received the way that you want it to be received, it goes up. When mm-hmm. you don't allow that, you just create more opportunity for misinterpretation mm-hmm. and for confusion, which you're going to spend more time anyway trying to explain what you really meant or, you know, no, that's not what I really said. And you took it that way. I'm sorry that you took it that way. Like, get out of here. I'm sorry you took it that way. No, uh, come on. Let's, let's, <laughs> Let's set ourselves up to win. Let's set ourselves up to have clear, productive conversations. Yes. So when we're talking about equity and inclusion, that is such a vital part, the communication, because at the beginning, you were talking about the biases that we, that we tend to hold and we tend to discuss card or solidify based on our travels, based on who we meet, based on how we we do things. And so in talking about equity and inclusion, having conversations that allow for space is so important because it can be so emotionally charged. And when you have an emotional charge, as well as your brain is going, you got to say something, you got to say something. You have to be able to go, okay, let's, let's take a moment here and let's regroup so that we can figure out what it is exactly we're trying to communicate here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that doesn't happen because hard information often seems like a personal attack where it's simply information that is being shared. And so besides silence or slowing down, do you have any other tips that you can give to people who are listening, who maybe are on the verge of, or are in the process of having these really tough conversations that also include high emotional charges? Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you a story. Last December, my family and I went on vacation. And one of the things that we love to do is now go to these escape rooms. I I got turned on to these escape rooms a couple years ago. I was I was on a consulting project and um, my son came with me. And after I was done, uh, I picked him up from the hotel and we went and he was, you know, doing virtual uh, work at that time. 
or was he on spring break? I don't remember. But anyway, he was, he came with me and he had a good mm -hmm. time and we went to the escape room and it was great. Now this last December, when we all went together, so if for, for those who don't know about the escape room, you go into these, it's like a game mm -hmm. uh, or a puzzle, I would say, mm -hmm. and you choose what type of room you want to go in and you're locked in there for like an hour, 90 minutes or however long, and you have clues and you have hints and you have to figure out one clue to open the next section mm -hmm. to get to the next point to solve the puzzle and you get yeah. to time yourself going through these processes so anyway so uh we were in there and in this case this particular puzzle um had i think what is it six people and so we it was my three and then a, a family of a family of three fam family of two and so the the young gentleman who was on the other side, the family, we all came together and we have to solve the puzzle. So we have to learn how to connect with strangers that we just met, <laughs> just met mm -hmm. to solve a puzzle. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now that in itself is an experience. Okay. So, yes. so, but let me tell you what happened. So with this one particular puzzle, there was some light switches that were, you know, on, on two sides. My son was on one side, the other son was on the other side, and they needed to communicate about which direction the levers needed to go. So my son would call out and he would say, go back, go back, go back, go back, you know, for each one. So he'll flip the guy on the other side, would flip it. Okay, go left, go back, go back, go up, go back, whatever. And so the guy on the other side got frustrated. And he was like, what do you mean back? It's reverse. And so, so my son quickly reassessed and he was like, no problem. Reverse, left, reverse, right, reverse. So what he did was he immediately found another way to connect with the communication. Now, mm -hmm. my son, he's He's a conflict mediation specialist. I tell you, I don't know where this guy came from. Well, hey, he's 21 and he's he's top notch because even when he was in university, the president appointed him to be a mediation specialist wow, for okay. the students while he was there. But I tell you what, when we are having uh, strategies in communication, the question you asked me was what else about, other than silence, pauses and things like that finding another way to say the same thing. They, they were talking about the same thing when they were trying to solve the puzzle, but the, the son on the other side, his confusion was not using the word reverse. Mm -hmm. My son immediately picked up where that confusion was and all he wanted to do was finish the puzzle and win. So he, <laughs> he quickly switched because he knew exactly all he needed to do was say reverse. Yep. It was, it's still talked about the same thing and they got the communication working. So my, my encouragement, my tip here is find another way to say the same thing, learn how to, I mean, when we were doing school, we call these uh, similes and metaphors, right? Mm -hmm. What is that like? What is it an example of? Mm -hmm. So find another way to express it. If you find yourself talking about something and that person on the receiving end is like, I still don't get it. I still don't get it. You know, you, you can find another way to say it mm -hmm. or act it out or, you know, re just re relay it. Right. Mm -hmm. Just to, mm -hmm. however, however you can get it through is it's, a, it's about getting the message or the information through. It's not so much being 
connected to the the way the wording or the way that it is being communicated Mm -hmm. is is what I understand you saying so um, I think that that's I think that that's valid I think that it that it's true simply because uh, I I taught conversational English in Korea and one of my students said could you tell me what juit means and I said juit they said yes I heard it when I was at the airport and they kept saying juit juit and i said that's not a word and i said what was the context like what was what was happening well the mother kept asking the son juit juit and the son was like no and they were at you know apparently they were at a restaurant you, i didn't have to tell you what that meant because you understood it <laughs> and and i then was like oh I'm sorry, that is not one word. <laughs> that is, that is, that is three words. <laughs> yeah. Like that's three words. That's did you, you eat? eat. Right. And it's you eat. And I said, you're going to run into that a lot when you go, you may be learning English right now, but when you go to an English speaking country, and I don't care if it's America, if it's Canada, if it's the UK, you're going to run into words or phrases or ways of saying things that you're just going to be blown away by and it's not going to make any sense to you. But it's going to need to be the responsibility of the person who's using the words, right, to tell you or to slow down <laughs> their, their words and to give you what it is that they're trying to deliver to you. If they get frustrated, if you said to a, a foreign speaker, you eat and they looked at you like you like and you kept saying the same word you're not communicating you're not you know that's when you stop you slow down and you said oh did you eat Mm -hmm. right and then oh okay because now what you've also done is you've helped them understand a cultural thing right so now the next time maybe when they hear you eat they go nope i didn't eat (laughs) Oh my God, that right. is such a powerful <laughs> example, Sidrola. It's so good because context, I think that's what's missing a lot of times um, when we hear people share their examples, experiences, or stories. The context is often missing. But the minute you said, okay, it was a restaurant, I was like, oh, you didn't even have to say. I was like, yeah, uh-huh, I know. Save the rest. <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. I know. And that's what, as soon as he said it to me, I was like, oh, I was like, okay, yep. you know, but, but it, it taught me something too at that time. Yeah. I was 20, 21 years old when I was in Korea, but it taught me that, wow, we may think that we're communicating sometimes and we are so like on two different planes with someone mm-hmm. totally possible because they're not understanding the words that are coming out of our mouths. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You know what? I think too, that that's a very important point because people expect that exactly what they say is what's going to be received the way they intended. And it's not the case. There are going to be a lot of mistakes and we have to create that expectation or create the space and awareness that look, you're going to make mistakes. You yeah. may say something that's off. You may, you know, before you go ahead and start stoning people, just 
be patient and realize that you are going to make mistakes as well. And when you do make that mistake, think about how you want that person to give you grace, how you want that person to really try to get to understand, okay, well, what did, what did you mean? What were you yes. thinking? What were you thinking when you said this? What was your thought process here? And I, yes, even with my kids, you know? Yes. So much. So what were you trying to say and what were you thinking? And can you give people grace to kind of try to understand or, 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 or expand on what is being said? And I think, especially as I relate it to the work that I do, sometimes people they're afraid of the grace space. They're afraid to, they're afraid to say the wrong thing because then if someone says, oh, that I don't think you should say it that way or maybe something else would be better if you said it that way, they immediately go to, this person thinks I'm a bad person. Oh my gosh, right? Rather than let's look at what's being said, what we're talking about, no one said anything about anyone being a bad person. Yes. We're talking about the words that are coming out and that may not be the right appropriate words. And so how do we just learn to just adjust and then keep it moving? In doing that, we can create more trust. Oh, this person is amenable and is open to learning and they can go this person is open to helping me understand and now all of a sudden we have a conversation between people who trust each other and if something else comes up and it's wrong they're each willing to help the other understand whether one person is saying wait a minute what are you saying and the other person's like no 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 here's what i was trying to say and vice versa that is all anyone ever really wants and desires when it comes to communication, right? Mm -hmm. I feel we want to understand, but we also want to be understood. We do not want to be gaslighted. We do not want to be shrugged off. We do not want to be dismissed. We want to be understood. Yes, understood and accepted. We want to belong. Anyone who says otherwise, they're in denial. <laughs> And they're just looking for feel-good statements like, just do it, just do it. I say, you know, I say all the time, Nike says just do it, but people don't realize that's an advertising, that's a marketing slogan. It's not an effective way to approach conversations. Just do it. No, just right. do it. You, you, you lose the pitch. You lose the investment opportunity. You lose the woman or man of your dreams. You, <laughs> You know, just do it without any preparation and you'll be doing it wrong. So. Yes. So who are, who are the people that you work with the most? I, I mean, inter go ahead. With a lot of women business owners. Oh. Um, and, and some of them, they are hybrid. So they are in corporate and they also have a business on the side. Mm -hmm. Of course, I work with men as well, but I have two factors two facets, uh, the business owners who are working on building their emotional intelligence, using their public speaking story so that they have more confidence in themselves and they have more visibility because they're already very credible. They have credibility. They've been in their space 10 years. They have, they have insights and expertise. 
what's missing is often uh, needing to be able to communicate under pressure, needing to, you know, feel like they deserve it, uh, not feeling mm. like, okay, I, I need to do this to prove who I am or thinking that they don't have a story to tell because everybody's already told their story. So those are areas that I work on with women. They end up having a, a transformation, long lasting set in permission, control and boundaries with others and with themselves. I think that's the piece that people tend to miss a lot. Then on the corporate side, what we do is we do training workshops, um, speaking engagements, training workshops, emotional intelligence, delegation, uh, confidence building skills, and things that help the teams to feel more connected and mm -hmm. understand their communication styles. Right. Individually and collectively. Yes. Because teams have a communication style and each individual has the communication style. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they talk that support. Yes. Talk to us a little bit about emotional intelligence. I feel like that's something that gets thrown out there a lot. And I don't know that everybody really understands what it means. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I understand what it means, but I would like for you to expound on it as a communicator. So what people are using is the framework that's been provided for us with the four quadrants, right? Self-awareness, self-management, relationship management, and social skills. I explain this as a hodgepodge of different disciplines, psychology, um, soci sociology, and sales, really. Uh, those, are, those are the three areas that are all mushed together because the self-awareness portion is really tapping into psychology and understanding yourself, becoming mm -hmm. a project of yourself. Mm -hmm. Self-management is being able to have that control. And that's where, you know, you're also exercising psychology with yourself, mm -hmm. setting those mm -hmm. boundaries and knowing how to make decisions uh, mm -hmm. because you now have information from self-awareness. And then I say sociology because the relationship management is understanding people, understanding groups, understanding behaviors, um, knowing how to approach, when to approach, what to say, what not to say, how to nurture relationships. A lot of times the one and dones feel like, okay, I checked the box, but uh, nurturing <laughs> relationships fall mm -hmm. under that category. And then the social skills, that's where I talk about the sales. It's like sales because you are selling every single day, every time. So thinking about how to get your message out there in the way that serves your audience best, that's where public speaking falls into place. Mm -hmm. That's where being able to take all the stuff that you've learned in the other quadrants from your own personal journey and now applying that to the people that are around you. So emotional intelligence has those four frameworks that people use, but I say that up underneath all of those frameworks, the disciplines of sociology, psychology, and sales are what is feeding each aspect. And so if you think about it that way, everybody has emotional intelligence. We just have the skill set in different areas at different levels being more aware of it instead of putting a big broad brush and painting it like one big thing um, is also more effective. Yeah. I think about, you know, in listening to, to, to what you're saying, I, I've always thought that my son was in, is an incredibly emotionally intelligent young man. He, he's always been, and he's always been able to kind of, he reads the room really well. <laughs> 
<laughs> he reads the room really well and he knows uh and he knows who especially when he's talking about his friends he knows which of his friends um work well together and which of his friends are need to probably not be with this group but i can hang out with this person on my own because i can um manage them but they're they don't work well with this person it, he's he's really incredible at it. i don't know where you know <laughs> he got that but but i think that it's really interesting to think about uh i was just reading about audrey lord and i was just doing uh i just did a podcast episode um highlighting her and one of the things that she said and she was talking of mostly about women because she was um quite a womanist and a feminist and was interested in making sure that the feminist movement would include black women and women of color and their needs because they're very different. The one of the things that she said was that we are so varied ourselves with within that, you know, to think that a movement or something could be uh, the same voice, that it could be just the same needs for everyone is futile is ridiculous because we have those varied personalities those varied needs those varied ways of being and i think that it that relates a lot to emotional intelligence because you have to be able to understand a person as a very varied human to be able to say, okay, how do I communicate to this person versus how do I communicate with this other person that may have uh, strengths and weaknesses in different areas than this this person here. And to think that we are all kind of the same is kind of, defeats the purpose of, defeats communication altogether, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. really, right? But um, to, to use that, the emotional intelligence, to use that emotional intelligence to say, okay, these are my needs. These are some of the things that I understand that I need for myself. What is it that you need for yourself? Okay, great. Now we have all these different people going, these are some of the things we need. Okay, great. What are the things that we need that are common? Because we all have some common needs. They may not all be all the same, but we do have some common needs. Okay, how do we lift our voices for that common need and make sure that it, that it meet, it's meant to accommodate more people? So I feel like if more people used that emotional intelligence for that purpose to figure each person, right, each quadrant, each person, each layer of people that we are, we would get so much farther in so many things. <laughs> <laughs> you asking for a tall order, Sajora. I know, okay, I, know. I, don't, I don't know, I don't know where you getting this tall order from, but you asking for a tall order. Don't okay. I know it? It's hard, and yeah. and I'm and I'm saying this from someone who spent however many years studying the science of communication, teaching, coaching, practicing, being a student, being a coach, and yeah. the average person, if they've gone to college, has taken one or two classes in their humanities for communications. Now Mm -hmm. you're, you're asking for an adult who has gone (laughs) through all of their traumas to be able to 
siphon. Uh, and this is actually what differentiates me from a lot of other people. You know, it's it's the depth of expertise and and skill set. But I'll say, you know, it's hard work. It's hard work even for me. Although many things have become much more much easier because of time and practice and discipline and the hours that I've put into this. That's why I'm able to help people faster in a more strategic way and create that space that you felt when you were you know interviewed on my show mm-hmm. but but for the average person i would say don't try to get too caught up in your head because you have so many other things going on mm-hmm. you have so many things in your life so many experiences that are shaping the way you see the world those common emotions and feelings that you mentioned you're spot on we have to make it general the feeling of being accepted of being loved of being appreciated, of being respected. These are universal principles that it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You don't even have to speak the same language. You will feel the same language. You'll know when you're in a space where someone welcomes you, where you feel accepted, come on and sit down. You know, and you'll feel it even without words. You'll communicate without words. Absolutely. Fastest way I know to get better at assessing others in the workplace or even in your own private life, the fastest way that I know and I recommend is for people to spend more time in that self-awareness quadrant. Because the more you uncover the varied layers of your own history, your own life, your own experiences, and you're going to go through some shocking things and some not so shocking. No, I I'm not like that. Okay, that's what it says, but mm -mm, that's not me. You're going to go through these reckoning periods. And when you go through these periods, it creates more space for you now as you're interacting with other people to be more kind and to have more respect and be more loving because you've gone through uncovering some more layers for yourself. So that's the fastest way I would say like, don't 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 try to, you know, intellectualize your way through this. Okay, this person in this quadrant, this person has this, 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 this. <laughs> nobody has time for that. Focus on yourself, get better aware at yourself. How can I communicate better? How can I say this in a different way? How can I be less um, reactive and more responsive? You know, how can I demonstrate compassion? How can I be that, that duck, like the water is on the duck back, yes. water off a duck. How can how can I be in a space where someone who is in, in a disoriented state or an angered state or an altered state who may say something that gets to the core of my being up under yes. my skin? How can I become so strong in myself that I'm not swayed? My mood is not moved by what someone outside of me says. I can look, hmm, okay, that that's the way that person is seeing things at this time. Mm-hmm. So it's important for us to go through that introspective process and to take care of our bodies so that we're having enough sleep, enough water, you know, spending time within ourselves because when our bodies are exhausted, Even if we try when that person is saying something that's crazy, Mm -hmm. even if we try, we don't have enough energy to have that resolve within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we, I wish you would, (laughs) you know, and then it's too late and then you got to clean it up and try, you know, and I've been there. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So part of what I hear you saying is 
we have to first give ourselves grace, right? We have to first understand for ourselves that when we come confront something about ourselves that we in our minds may think make us a bad person, we have to give ourselves enough grace to say, no, it doesn't make me a bad person. This is just something and it's changeable. I can do something about this. But then we also have to be able to turn to the next person and say the same to them. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes that something that you've done or that you do that you can, that can be changed, that can be adjusted. But we have to first understand that the grace that we give ourselves or when we confront ourselves and we know that we are not bad people, we have to uh, we have to bring that same grace to other people and say, doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means that that's where they are right now. That's what they're thinking right now. And so mm-hmm. it's just then you have to decide for yourself, OK, is that something that is OK for me to have in my aura or maybe well, maybe, you know, I just let them be over there and we be over here and we'll be good. <laughs> you know, you, 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 said, you said a lot because you know what? Um, whew, tall orders, I tell you, tall orders, because <laughs> that's the aspect of personal responsibility, having even having compassion for ourselves. You know, I see in my uh, practice, sometimes people are so hard on themselves yeah. and when I was that way, I was so judgmental. You had a spelling error that was wrong. Oh, she can't spell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, because yeah. when you see those critical behaviors, this is how you can tell how a person feels about themselves. You just watch the behaviors. You watch yeah. the behaviors. So when I felt like that, when I was so hard on myself, not giving myself grace, you know, feel like I, you know, presenting really nicely on the outside, but on the inside, just like, okay, I, I have to have it up to this standard. And there's a difference between perfectionism and excellence. And I was yes. perfectionism queen. So when you have that, you are more critical of others. You are not taking as much responsibility for your life. You're blaming your job because they're making me work so hard. Like you don't have a choice and they are doing this and they, they don't have good lunch at the, at the office. So I can't even eat properly. Not like you can't make your own food and bring it. I mean like, no. And, and I, and I'm not making this up because these are the legit things that people say, even down to the spirit spirituality, it's, it's not taking a responsibility. You want to give somebody a prayer request to pray for you, pray for me, pray. What you mean? I have to pray for myself. Yes. So pray with me versus pray for me. Like down to the spirituality, when we are talking about self-awareness in emotional intelligence, um, that's the piece that a lot of people tend to struggle with. So you, you hitting it on the head, Cedrilla. But I'm way like. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, like, we, we here and then we got to bring it way down to practical. This is where we at. This is where we at. This is where we at. <laughs> oh, gosh. I know. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, my, it's funny because my cousin, he was sending me a, a message and he was like, you know, I always live in the realm of, um, the possibilities of, 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 of good, like all the, I was like, I know, I feel you, but then it always brings me back down. Like, like things always, bring, it's like in the, the Godfather, I try to get out, but they always bring me, you know? <laughs> always pull me back. And so you think to yourself, it's like, 
but there but it's good it's good to to to, to kind of have these lofty ideas i think because otherwise the, the, you get pulled and you get pulled and you're going to always get pulled just to make sure that you have the cap the ability to go back so that you can get pulled and then you can go back and you can get pulled and you can go back and then you can continue the conversation you can Got continue it. the interaction you can continue the work that you do and and not feel like you know <laughs> hallelujah amen let me pass the Afro offering plate on that one <laughs> Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Well, so I'm going to ask, how, how did you get here? How did you get to do wing what you're doing now? Well, um, Ooh, okay. Which part do I want to share here? Cause there's so many pieces I got here from trial and error. I got here from wanting to fit in and belong in my immediate family with my mm. uh, stepfather, my mom and my brothers. Mm -hmm. I wanted to fit in with my biological dad and his family who I met at the age of eight. Um, I, I got here from my own personal experiences. Oh, and yeah. when I left the beautiful islands of the Bahamas, I was the misconfident person. I would win the confidence contest any day. Um, but life happened. I was 17 when I left and I'm going to tell you the things that I was able to accomplish during that time. And then even getting pregnant and continuing on for my double degrees and things like that. I will tell you throughout life, having a certain mindset and awareness helped me because I wasn't exposed to so many limiting thoughts. And mm. I thank my mom for this because she was super strict and I could only watch TV one hour a week. And so I wasn't really <laughs> exposed. I couldn't do, I couldn't do all the things my cousins could do. I wasn't exposed to um, all of those external influences. And so she's mm -hmm. a teacher. She taught me how to love learning. Mm -hmm. And I, I had that love for learning and it helped me to grow. But where I am today is, you know, just watching people in, in corporate organizations that I was supporting, looking at, oh, okay, uh, this is what made this person stand out as a leader. This is what, where this person is struggling. You know, my personality hasn't changed much since I was in high school. I'm still very bubbly and open um, and very supportive of people. So in those work environments, people would often come and share their woes and their troubles with me at one point. I had, um, I had a chair in, 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 in my cube and people would literally come in and sit and I had to take it out so I could get work done, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's been a journey, but, um, where I am today and it's really why I'm so passionate. My mission is to help other women who are going through life, not really aware of how their actions and their behaviors have been informed by their past and mm -hmm. how to really kind of take control of that so that they can have the life that they deserve and the life that they desire. I want women to use entrepreneurship as a way to profit from their own wisdom, because when you're able to do that, they are able to make choices and decisions that are much more holistic for them instead of settling or out of convenience or out of necessity. So yeah. That's that's pretty much um, how I got here uh, through my journey, awesome. my experiences, my twelve years of study. Um, yeah, that's that's how I got here. I love it. I think, you know, I think sometimes the best paths are those that are varied, 
but those that when you when you get to where your passion is where your passion lies or where you're where you where you really shine it's uh it's informed by all of the things that you thought were so hard and so terrible in your past and you go wait a minute this is what I learned and this is what I learned and this is what I learned and and it's informing what I'm doing now so oh my goodness imagine that <laughs> yes 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 oh my god yes and even the things that you know you don't want to talk about from the past once you've gone through it and healed through it like I wrote in my my book you know those mm -hmm. experiences those stories and I'd have people read the book and they'd be like what she's writing about these things like yeah because it doesn't bother me yes you know, I'm, I'm okay with it and you can learn from my story so yes and I think that that's what our stories are for. They're to be shared so other people can learn mm -hmm. because then they can, you know, my mom used to say, you don't have to make the same mistakes as other people. You can, you can learn from other people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. You can make your own mistakes. Yeah. And I should <laughs> too make them too. I make them too. Sadella. That's right. <laughs> That's mm. right. So you make your own mistakes, but you also learn from other people's mistakes. But if people are hiding or they don't want to talk about it or they're pushing it down, then how how does anyone get to learn from those stories, from those mm. experiences? And and your what you've learned from those experiences is also part to help teach other people what they can, what the possibilities are within those situations. Exactly. So it's a, it's, we're all connected. It's a, it's a cycle. It's a thing. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I'm, I'm looking forward to what I'm going to be teaching in the next five years about, you know, the, the mistakes that, that we're making today, right? That we're making <laughs> like, okay, Lord, let's hurry up and get over these mistakes. Like, so I can teach them, teach the That's lesson. Right. Like, <laughs> Cause when you in it, it don't feel good. <laughs> right? Exactly. But then when you're out of it, you're like, oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So tell us where we can find you and tell us the name of your book so that I, I, I will have it um, linked in the show notes, but tell us where we can find you, how we can work with you and where we can find your book. What's yes. the name of your book? MoniqueRussell.com. You can get me on my website, MoniqueRussell.com. Um, also LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, uh, Monique Russell, Claire Communication Coach, or you just Google it, it should come up. The book is Intentional Motherhood, Who Said It Would Be Easy. You can get it on my website, you can get it on Amazon, and you can work with me in a number of ways, group coaching, private coaching, keynote speeches, and workshops. I love it. Thank you so much for being it's here with me, Monique. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yes, it was a lot of fun, but I think we had fun on your podcast too. So I didn't expect anything less, you know? Of course, of course, of course. I love shows like this because it's not scripted. We just go with the flow and yeah, we get to And we learn. learn. And mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, those who are listening are learning something too. Uh, but before I let you go, I must ask you, what is your favorite dish? Mm, Kong salad, Kong salad, Ooh, Kong salad. Yes, it's a native yes. dish in the Bahamas. Bahamas, yes. I have to have. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> I want some right now. <laughs> we went to the Bahamas 
we had a, a Bahamas girls trip when I turned 30. It was mm. so much fun. And we did have conch salad. Then they had that at the resort that we stayed. And I was like, this is, this is amazing. This is awesome. <laughs> well, either you like it or you don't. So if you like that's it. True, that's true. That's <laughs> true. That's really good. Oh, thank you again for being here. I so appreciate the time that you took to be with me today. Same. Thank you for having me and for your insightful questions. Hey, did you enjoy that episode? If so, please leave a review. It would mean the world, but only if it's a good one and you really did enjoy it. In which case, it would be awesome if you help support my work over at patreon.com backslash Cedrola Maruska. And finally, before you go, don't forget diversitydish.com. I'd love to work with you. See you soon.